0: Welcome friend to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio.
1: I'm not Oh, there we go. It was that music. I wasn't hearing you. I was only hearing the music. Hey Dean, how are you? Yeah. Good. Yeah. How, how's your week? Been? It's been amazing. Um, we're face to face in studio today with plexiglass, yes. and we're socially distanced, so that's important. Because of course, doors open Toronto. Oh, I see what's going on. No, it's this one. There we are. Oh, is that better? Yep. There now we are. Now you're on a mic.
2: Now I'm on a mic. That's yeah. So yeah. So it's uh, so big weekend here in Toronto. It, doors it, open. Toronto.
1: That's right. Lots, hundreds of places are open that you don't normally get to get inside of, including including where we are, the, the Zoomerplex. Zoomerplex. Yeah. yeah.
2: So the so we're expecting with it. Well, certainly by the end of our broadcast, we're expecting mm-hmm. it'll be open. Lots and lots of folks here. At it's the, ten at to three. Yeah.
1: yeah, I've been here before during doors open, mm-hmm. and and they do. They bring tours through, and people kind of oogle us through the glass and yeah. we wave. And it's fun.
2: It is. It is lots of fun. Listen, I'm going to give out those numbers. Yeah, I know you have a couple of announcements, but uh, we would love for you to call in with any questions that you have for Charlie, uh, anywhere in Toronto, 416-360-0740, or toll-free anywhere in the province of Ontario, 1-866-740-4740. Of course, let Carlos know if you are a first-time caller, and I will give you your garden wing...
0: Woo! Yes. Wings, wings, we wings. two wings. <laughs> you got it.
2: And uh, call often, call early, and one question per call, please. And you have a couple
1: of announcements. Yeah, just reminders. Today, the Agent Court Garden Club is hosting flowers, vegetable, plant sale, and a white elephant sale. They've got white elephants for sale really? in Agent Court today, <laughs> rain or shine, uh, outside, ten a.m. to two o'clock, or until sold out at the Knox United Christian Education Centre parking lot 2575 Midland Avenue at Shepherd um, members are bringing plants um, so there'll be flowers and vegetables and house plants Peter Keeping is a specialty clematis or clematis grower yes. he'll have some clematis for sale somebody named Sheila Cool, who I do not know will be there with a selection of uncommon plants and an abandoned treasure table for your shopping enjoyment very
2: nice that sounds very good
1: um, Uh, Quickly, one more. Don't forget, the Cabbage Town Preservation Association is hosting um, the Hidden Gardens and Private Spaces Tour in Cabbage Town next weekend, Sunday, June 5th, 10 until 3. For more information, go to www.cabbagetownpa.ca.
2: Fabulous. Well, the lines are already lighting up, but we have to take a quick break. We will be right back with lots more on The Garden Show.
0: Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Hey, yes, we are back on The Garden Show. I'm Dean Holland here in studio in
2: at Zoomerplex. In person. With, yes, in person with Charlie Dobbin. <laughs>
1: Which means we're on the web. If you were listening or would... Don't want to listen to your old AM radio, but want to listen to us on the computer, mm-hmm. you get to see us, too. Yeah,
2: and I'm wearing my fancy schmancy jacket today, <laughs> you know, because it's doors open, Toronto. You're so <laughs> dressed up. Yeah. I know, very suave. <laughs> so, so uh, suave and deboner, isn't that what they say? Yes, exactly. There we are. Let's go to our first caller. We okay. have um, Sharon, mm-hmm. uh, who is calling from Gravenhurst. Good morning. Welcome to The Garden Show, Sharon. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I have a couple of
3: large planters, but, well, 22 inch Hmm. on my deck now my deck gets full sun it gets very hot i would like to know what vine i could plant because i'd like to have it weave in and out of my railing Hmm. and something preferably that would maybe attract hummingbirds
1: oh you're not asking much (laughs) (laughs) very (laughs) specific okay you (laughs) not bees (laughs) no well not bees i can't guarantee you won't get bees but you know it's (laughs) fast growing loves the sun has red flowers there's your hummingbird uh, is scarlet runner vine Scar- scarlet runner bean so seeds you go to your local anywhere grocery store you know, Canadian tar, everybody's got seeds these day, your days. You're looking for scarlet runner beans. They grow pretty quickly from seed. You'll be up in a, within a week, 10 days. Make sure, of course, just with like with any seed, you're going to keep moist. Once they start to grow, they will grow up to 20 feet in one summer. So you can certainly get some. You'll have to fertilize if your planters, I assume your planters have like a container mix of soilless mix of some kind in the containers. It's not topsoil, Right.
3: Um, forget what I put in last year. I grew tomatoes in them last year.
1: Okay, and did the tomatoes do well? Uh, yeah, they did. Okay. So what I do is my my containers <clears throat> as I'm planting, I use a slow-release fertilizer. So if you are going to the store to get some seeds get a hold of slow release granular fertilizer and they have it for specifically tomatoes but they have all-purpose general flowering whatever and follow the directions how much to put in before you plant your seeds and it'll feed those beans all season that's what I would get otherwise you know sweet peas are lovely morning glory is lovely they're all fast growing they all love the sun but if you were looking for the hummingbirds you've got to concentrate on the color red Right. Okay, are these annual or perennial? Annual, <coughs> those are all annual. Annual, okay. Where you live, I'd be shocked and surprised if any perennial plant survived in containers over the winter. Okay. Okay. Great, okay. thank you so yeah. much.
2: Yeah, thanks for your question thanks there, Thanks for calling. Great. Yeah, that uh, that so red is the red is the color.
1: Red is what hummingbirds see. That's why hummingbird feeders are always red. They are always red. And but you know how we used to put red food into them, but they say now don't go with the red dye. It's not good for yeah. the humming for the little birds. Right. But um, yeah, it, it's a sweet nectar, sugar syrup that you make. But they're very attracted to red. I actually had a hummingbird stuck in my garage. Oh this past week and poor little thing I was going to say guy but it was a little female hummingbird she kept going up into the ceiling and my ceiling is gosh I don't know 20 feet high or something and so I was pulling everything red I could find and putting it down at ground level so that the bird would come down to the red and then all the doors were open it was easy to fly out but couldn't figure it out well it just kept hovering up at the humming and hovering up at the top eventually she left yeah
2: yeah Yeah. Uh, my neighbor was telling me just the other day he has about 7 or 8 Hummingbirds. Neat. Now that he's got coming around his,
1: uh, and they're his amazing. Yard. It sounds like a you know big mosquito when they come yeah, by. It's yeah, yeah, great. Yeah. I love. So I I do have three or four coming to my feeder yeah, as they're,
2: well. They're pretty magical to yeah, watch. Yeah, yeah. I want to give those numbers out again. Mm-hmm. Again, if you're calling from the Toronto area, the number is four one six three six zero zero seven four zero, or anywhere else anywhere in the province of Ontario, it is a toll free call one eight six six seven four zero. Four seven four zero yes and we're going to go to uh, well we've got uh, Leona mm-hmm. on the line who's uh, who's calling from Toronto so good morning Leona welcome to the garden show
3: Thank you Charlie and Dean
2: morning morning
3: I have a Columbine for the first time it looks like a little octopus mm-hmm. so which end do I put up in the soil Which end goes up the head of the octopus, or all of the little legs.
1: <laughs> so th- this is a dormant root. That, uh, for col- it's columbine for sure, right? Eh?
3: It's. I received it in a box from Holland, and it came in a bag with some soil. Uh-huh. And there's two bloom, two hardy peren- perennials in the, in the bag. So. It looks like an octopus.
1: Yeah, those little the little legs go down, pointy end up. Yeah, sounds a bit like anemone. That's why I was just wondering. Anemone is a very much of a strange-looking, dormant uh, item. But yeah, legs down, point up. Thank you very much. Yeah, good luck. Great. Susan's yeah. greetings.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Thank, you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Leona.
1: Bye-bye.
2: Bye-bye now. Now, i got to tell you, Charlie, I meant to congratulate you at mm. the top of the show, of course, on um, the premiere of the new series, mm-hmm. right, on Vision TV. Healing got Gardens.
1: Healing Gardens, yep. yeah. The, in the world premiere was last Monday. And
2: I was so surprised that the episode took place not far from where I live, really.
1: Yeah, truly. It's a forested area not far from you, up north of Alliston. And we were at Gary Tebow's um, very sustainable, off-the-grid lifestyle. And he was showing us and sharing with us some of the, the things he does to maintain his health. Yeah. And one of the th- you know, I learn everything. <clears throat> Sorry, I should say I, I always learn something yeah. with every one of these episodes that we've uh, produced. And the thing that Gary was doing that I hadn't really considered is he plants a vegetable garden. So that's what we're all doing right now. We're planting yeah, yeah, our yeah. tomatoes and everything, but there's nothing to harvest at this time of year. He is harvesting what is naturally growing at this time of year. And guess what's that, right? Uh. Dandelions. Right, fiddleheads. Yeah, if yeah. you have the right uh, environment, you Mush- might have fiddleheads. Is it too early for mushrooms? No, you could find mushrooms, depending, again, on your environment. Okay. But just, like, what's in your lawn, right? Mm-hmm. Lambs, quarters, just some really yeah. common weeds. Creeping Charlie? Yeah, little Creeping Charlie <laughs> everywhere. Everything is Creeping Charlie. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he's eating that right now. That's really? what he eats in the spring. Wow. And, of course, later he'll, he'll have lettuce and spinach and all those things to yeah. come out of the garden. But And when he's weeding the, gar- the vegetable garden, he's saving the weeds to eat that night right. or that afternoon.
2: Very, very fascinating. Yeah, now, that airs, is it every Monday
1: now? Every Monday. Every? So this coming Monday, 9 yeah. p.m., yes. Vision TV. Okay. The episode coming is, uh, we taped it at the University of British Columbia in the Natobi Memorial Garden, which is a beautiful, beautiful Japanese garden fabulous
2: okay have to take a quick break but we will be back with more right here on the garden show
0: fur and feathers and bugs of all size there's more going on in the garden than you realize should small creatures become a big problem then you've got the garden show with charlie dobbin exclusively on Zuma Radio. Hey,
2: welcome back to The Garden Show. I'm Dean Holland here with Charlie Dobbin, and I was just <laughs> noticing that, you know, if small creatures become a problem, and I gotta <laughs> tell you, I gotta tell you, in our garden, which is a, a problem that our caller from Gravenhurst would not have, because mm. she's on the balcony, mm. We got the rabbits. Oh, do you? Oh, yeah. And they're lovely to look Sweet. at. They're so cute. Yeah. But get my cuddle. wife, I hear her. She bangs on the window. <laughs> Screaming at the, <laughs> she the rabbits. She goes out and she says, hey. Get out of here because you know what they do. They what are they, they, they eating? Well, they go up to her tulips and oh. they bite like an inch below the beautiful bloom. Oh. And so you come out, and the bloom is oh, laying the there on the ground. Just when you've waited all this
1: time. time. Yeah, yeah. you've yeah. grown oh, some sh- nice leaves, but yeah. you, know, you don't get the flowers. Yeah. I always thought it was squirrels that did that, but uh, you're seeing the rabbits. She's seeing that. the
2: rabbits in her garden quite often. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In shotguns, yes. Yeah, dog. It. You need yeah. a dog. Yeah, dog Dogs slingshot. Yeah,
1: that's it.
2: <laughs> but yeah, no, she's not very happy with the uh, with, with the, the small bunnies, creatures. Yeah, with the yeah. with yeah, they're Aww, not, and they're so cute. They are cute. But, yeah, they were frolicking around. They were <laughs> jumping over top of each other. It was very funny. <laughs> Last night and they go, Oh, spring is in the air. <laughs> yeah, really. They're Twitter pated <laughs> Okay. Let's go to a call. We're going to Burlington now. Okay, we're gonna talk to Diane. And Diane, you are a first time caller.
1: Hello. 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 Good morning. I'm
2: going to give you your garden wings. There you go. Thank you. You have earned them. Um,
3: I received a beautiful orchid for Mother's Day. It's about 20 inches tall and has lovely white
0: Mm
3: -hmm. um, blooms, but what... I'm worried about is watering, because I know you don't like to water by the calendar, but I no. can't reach in to feel.
0: No.
1: Well, there's no soil to feel anyway. Uh, is it growing in bark? And When you look at the surface of the pot, is its it... Is it um Bark chips. Do it's you see? bark
3: on top, right. and lots of roots. So there's no way of feeling the no. soil.
1: No, the only thing. Th- okay, so there's a couple ways you can do this. One is I just get used to the feel of the weight of the pot. So you have to f- pick up the pot when it's been watered. It's going to feel a certain way. When it needs water, it's going to feel a lot lighter. For now, many people. I'm not a fan of this, but it does work. Is the three ice cubes once a week on the surface of the bark the ice sorry the what, the ice slowly melts cuz the trick with bark is that if you pour water in it just whooshes right through and the ice on the other hand will slowly turn into water slowly move through the bark and provide the uh, appropriate moisture for all those roots i just don't like the idea of ice i think that if i was a tropical plant and somebody watered me with ice <laughs> i would just be like sorry this doesn't make sense so i'm a pretty big fan of the best way to water which is a bucket with water in it that's been sitting for at least 24 hours so room temperature sitting out uh, and when it's time and again I base this on the weight of the pot so the pot's going to feel quite light I immerse the entire pot under the water in the bucket so hold the pot hold the bark, because it's going to tend to float away and you just slowly Push the pot down under the water. The leaves can go right down too if the bucket's big enough. Flower should not go underwater, but the whole plant can go under the water. I'll often even put a little fertilizer in that water. Little orchid fertilizer is mixed in. Hold it down until the bubbles stop rising. At that point, you then carefully lift it out of the bucket and sit it in the sink and let it drain for 10, 15 minutes and then put it back where it was. And it's the best way by far to actually properly water orchids.
3: Okay, I'll try that. All right. Okay. Let, Thank you so much. Let Thank us you. know how that goes.
2: Yeah. yeah. So you just gave me a great idea, mm. you know, because, as you know, I've, I have four children. Mm. And, uh, you know, there's we have these situations where, you know, dishes don't go in the dishwasher, things don't get picked up, underwear gets left on the floor in the bathroom, et cetera, et, yeah, et cetera, et I, cetera. Yeah, I, I, so I hear you. Yeah. And I have an orchid. So I was just thinking, I thought, you know, since it's a gradual process, I could just say, okay, again, glass of water in an eyedropper. I say, sit, you can stand there for two hours. Every five minutes, set your timer, just put a little drop of water in there. And that would
1: be, you know. Put them on orchid watering duty. Orchid
2: watering duty.
1: Mm -hmm. I thought you were talking about immersing your kids in a bucket. No, (laughs) no,
2: no, no, they've done nothing that bad. (laughs) No, no, it's just, you know, just get them with the tedious.
1: Yeah, that's not a bad idea. And they'll for sure love horticulture at the end of it all. didn't don't we all have that story from this when I was a kid when we did bad behavior yeah. get out there and pull some weeds pull some weeds yeah, yeah. so whoever thinks weeding is is fun yeah. it's like when it's you've bad. been bad you do weeds so, you do weeds anyway I've um, moved on
2: well speaking of moving on we have another caller uh-huh. we have uh, Josie from Toronto uh, good morning Josie welcome to the Garden Show
1: good morning
3: good morning yeah. yeah what do you got for
2: Charlie there Josie.
3: It's regarding um, buying sheep or cow manure. Mm-hmm. I, I've been getting them in the grocery store. And um, it can, can they be used um, interchangeably mm-hmm. for uh, vegetables or flowers? Yep.
1: They're virtually identical, but not quite. So they have, like, remember how, like, manure is poo, right? So it's what did the animal eat and how did they digest it to end up with the manure, which is composted so that it will not be too um, acidic or too hot and burn your plants. The only, like... Unless something's changed, way, way, way back when I went to university and was studying this kind of stuff, it was explained to me at the time that cow manure, sheep manure, virtually interchangeable. If you really get into the nitty gritty, sheep manure has a tiny little bit more n- nitrogen than ca- than cattle manure. So, from a nutritional perspective, sheep manure is tiny little bit more nutritious for plants. But otherwise, either one works. Get whichever no, when you one's put on them sale. them in the
3: garden. Is it okay to plant right away, or do you have to let it sit for
1: a while? No, no. If it's composted, it's coming out of a bag, and you can tell by the smell as well. Usually yeah. when it comes out of the bag, it doesn't even smell like manure. It just looks like a really dark, dark soil.
3: Mm-hmm. If, Is there a variation of the prices, whether you buy them at the grocery store or the nursery? Mm-hmm. Is it
1: basically the same thing? Oh, it's all the same stuff. If you, it, yeah, it's, it's different manufacturers that are composting and bagging, and then of course they're supplying to different retailers. So yeah. it's really okay. Thanks I, very I much, just, Charlie. Go where it's on sale. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks yeah. for calling. Yeah, thanks for the
2: question there, Josie. Uh, Charlie, I want to actually jump back to the last question. Just I had one question about water. You mentioned mm-hmm. about leaving the bucket out, mm-hmm. right? What about rain? Would rainwater? Oh, it's the be, best, so, the best. So we don't have to be concerned about bringing the rainwater in for our plants, no. It's all uh,
1: well, you mean <clears throat> just leave your work at outside in the rain?
2: No, no, no. I mean, I can take the rainwater from outside. I can use it for watering my indoor plants. That's, oh, that's better? it's
1: the best. Okay, yeah. so so because re- we do have a rain barrel. Yeah, we- I do too. Well, so the reason I we sit the water, as I said, in a bucket. Overnight, number one, it brings it to the right temperature, right. to room temperature. But because our water typically is coming from a water treatment plant, right. they've added stuff to it. So it's got fluoride in it. It might have um, various and sundry kinds of ammonias, et cetera, to make it a clean, potable water. Yeah. That's why we want to let it sit out, because much of that will dissipate from the water as it sits out overnight and go into the atmosphere. Rainwater is perfect. It's the best. Mm-hmm. It's, your plants will sing to you if you water them with rainwater. Gotcha. Okay. Well, <laughs> I've got
2: rainwater. The other thing I've got is I've got some room on the lines. We do have some callers, which, uh, one of which we'll get to in a moment. But I'm going to give out those numbers again. Anywhere in Toronto, 416 740 or toll-free anywhere in the province of Ontario, one 866 740 uh sorry, set yeah, seven four zero four seven four zero. And again, let us know if you are a first time caller. Right now we're gonna go to uh Joanne, who is calling from Midland. Good morning. Welcome to the garden show, Joanne. Oh,
1: thank you for taking my call. Morning. Hey, I uh, was excited
2: when I saw you. Your Can you hear me? Oh yes. yes, yeah. Okay. Um we bought
1: some Dahlia tubers
3: and the same for peonies,
1: Mm -hmm.
3: and we planted them a couple of weeks ago, Mm
1: -hmm.
3: and we fertilized them in that, but they're not, we don't see anything coming out of the ground.
1: Okay. So you planted them into the ground, full sun, what kind of, are they getting six hours or more sunshine every single day? Okay.
3: Well, it's funny, yeah.
1: Okay, and they were completely dormant when you planted them. There was no green showing at all. No, there wasn't. No. Okay, and the soil is reasonably well drained. It doesn't. It's not soggy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah,
3: we've grown them before in the same area. Okay. And haven't uh, had the problem. Could we have planted them too deep?
1: definitely yes. Peonies, you want to see the top of the tuber. It should not be below ground. That's what I was wondering. If you can't see that sort of potatoy looking skin of the, the tuber, dig it up and raise it up because a peony that's planted too deep will only give you leaves. It will not give you flowers. So get it up higher. It, it probably is just still dormant. If you've had a lot of rain, which you may or may not have, but certainly you might, yeah. you might have last weekend, um, if they're too deep and if it's a soggy soil these dormant plant tubers will rot. So we've got to make sure yeah. that they aren't rotten. So dig them up take a look. Um, dahlia's usually they should show a little bit of green on them now. Again put them fairly near the surface so that you can keep track of them. Roots down as much as possible. Okay. Stems up. Okay. So yeah, I maybe should be digging them up as well then. In case you planted them too deep I think that would be a good idea. <laughs>
3: They
1: can be covered then? Uh, Just just, covered, eh? Just, yeah, just. Okay, thanks for the question
2: there, Joanne. Good luck with those, eh?
1: Yeah, thanks for calling. Uh,
2: I got all excited when I saw Joanne's... uh calling coming through from Midland, because yeah. they have the Butter Tart Festival coming up oh,
1: think, in a wow. couple of weekends. Yeah. Let's go.
2: Yeah, let's go. Uh, let's go. I love Butter Tarts.
1: Was, I remember something I think they published a book, and it was the Butter Tart Tour of Ontario. I was like, oh, now pick me. I'll I do that, do too that. I could absolutely do <laughs> that. We could be doing blimps yeah. afterwards. <laughs> yeah,
2: we could. Um, speaking of uh, peony, um, yes, I noticed that my goodness, it doesn't take long. The ants just always love those mm-hmm. tops of the peonies, don't they? And the I, I was told bites. years ago that it's important to have the ants there for them to open. Is that, uh, is that true, or is it just an old wives' tale, as they would say?
1: As they would say. Um, okay, so again, going back to what I learned. I learned that you have to have ants in order for the peonies to open. Right. So the ants, supposedly, very attracted to those flower buds, those yeah. round buds that are on the end of the stems. Mm-hmm. They, have, they start as green, and then what happens is the ants arrive they start licking supposedly some sugary secretion off that bud which then allows that bud to expand and open that's what i learned okay however since then i think if we if we check that out we go good there's actually a website i think it's called horticultural myths yeah yeah if we went to that website it would say no you don't need ants (laughs) you've done many peonies open just fine without ants it doesn't it's not required but on the other hand don't don't be afraid of those ants. Don't try no. and knock them off. Don't spray them. If you want to try and knock them off with a spray of water, that's fine. But don't be using any ant killer because you see ants in your peonies. Yeah. They're not hurting the peonies.
2: No. anytime time that I've ever lived in a residence that has peonies, I've always seen ants on seen them. And ants. once again this year, even though they're quite small, yeah, still they yeah. got a little ways to go. But uh, but already see the ants there.
1: It's a good point, you know, because I have a couple peonies and. I don't think I have any ants on my property. Nope. I'm going to check them when I get home. Yeah, because they're in bud right now. Sure. And I don't. I mean, you're right. I've always had ants on my peonies. but yeah. I'm not so sure I have ants on my current peonies. Huh. Well, I can ship some over to you. If no, you, thank you. you. Know, we're due for <laughs> <it>. <laughs> But they will bloom even without ants. Even without I know them.
2: that. Okay, uh, we are going to go to our next caller, which is uh, calling from Mississauga. Good morning, Marge. Welcome to the Garden Show. Oh,
1: good
3: morning. How are you both? Oh, Excellent. we're both, Yeah, we're
2: great. You know, of course, we're all excited about this weekend being doors open here in uh, in Toronto, and uh, Zoomerplex is going to be just a, a hive uh, of activity. Exactly. Yeah, like all those Action. hummingbirds. Action, yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah, oh, so. that'd be
3: wonderful. Yeah. We have hummingbirds come to our patio, so that's Yeah, fine. lovely. Yeah, what um, do you got for Charlie I there? have a quick question, yeah. and I tuned in late this morning, so maybe somebody's already asked. Uh, it's about the cleaning vinegar spray.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: I was wondering if I spray that on my patio stones. If there are tree roots under the stones, would that harm the tree roots?
1: No. No
3: no, oh, no not at news? all
1: <laughs> no, because remember the way vinegar works it has to touch number one green uh, so green foliage, green leaves, green stems the roots are well down under your patio they're they're well protected f- oh, by, by so soil etc uh, yes can I buy this anywhere this cleaning vinegar uh, in grocery stores you can yes, uh, certainly you also it's funny I would, I did a bit of experimenting with straight cleaning vinegar, which is a ten percent acetic acid so. So vinegar um, in the bottle just straight sprayed it on some weeds and w- waited for them to turn yellow and they didn't. So I'm like, okay, maybe when we buy the weed killer at the garden center that is acetic acid, it's a higher uh, percentage than 10%. So try the cleaning vinegar. And in the meantime, I'm going to Google what the vinegar um solution is when we buy it as a weed killer. Maybe it's like forty or fifty percent acetic acid, I'm not sure. But that ten percent didn't do a lot at my place. Hmm. Oh,
3: okay. Very good. Okay. So when you do that research,
1: you're gonna I'll check. report it. You keep listening and as soon as we have a minute or two of a break, I'll be on on Mr Google looking for answers to my questions. Okay. Oh, <laughs>
2: Great. Thank, yeah, thanks for your question there, Marge. I'll tell you what, Charlie. Yes. I will. Yeah, you have something you want to just Well, I wondered yeah.
1: if you wanted to get to this email, but what were you going to yeah. say? Yeah.
2: No, I was going to take us to a break, but we can do this one. Yeah, this is good. the one from uh, from, uh, New, from, New York. from New York State. Yeah.
1: Orient, New York.
2: Yeah, from Anne, mm-hmm. who writes, uh, she wrote us an email, wrote you an email. Please tell me which service, uh, let me. Oh, so I am a regular oh, listener. Right. Right, uh, I am a regular listener from Long Island, New York. Where can I follow your new program, Healing Gardens in the U.S. of A? Mm-hmm. Uh, she says she loves following the podcasts, and she's glad. <laughs> she's glad. Apparently, I'm not doing my job. She says I'm glad that you're easing up on one question only, and apparently, she enjoys when I ask questions. So
1: y- exactly. there you go. So you keep coming with those questions, Dean.
2: <laughs> and I, but I have to be, I have to be a little harder on people. Apparently, well, no,
1: but she likes it that that yeah. we're expanding a little bit, not
2: well. Cl- Clamping. Here's the deal. I figure that if you're asking about manure, and then you are asking about how thick it should be on, or you know, if yeah. it's a related sort of a, yeah, uh, a related sub question, then I will. But if we switch to an entirely <laughs> right. different, then I got to go eh, off the air. Yep. There you go. Yeah. That's how I look at it.
1: <laughs> the little hook off the air. So the real question there was, how do you listen to? the the famous Healing Gardens documentary series when you live in the United States. And you know what? I don't have an answer, in or anybody else who might yes. listen to this podcast yet. Because right now it is only being broadcast on Vision TV here in Canada. Right. And it's only for people that have Vision TV, which is any subscriber to cable who then has bumped it up a notch. Because it does not, as far as I know, come in the basic cable package. You have to have taken it up one notch. However... Healing Gardens will be out on the web. I think it's going to take three to four weeks. After each episode is aired on television, it will then be streamed. Now, I will certainly provide the information on where to find Healing Gardens on the web once it's available. But for now, it's only available on television. On Vision TV.
2: Okay, great. Um, I am now going to take us to a quick break. Before I do that, I'm going to give out those numbers because we do have uh, room on the lines. Wow, yeah. Uh, In Toronto, 416 or toll-free, 740 4740 We would love to get your questions. And now, Charlie, you have some time to look up the i to do my homework. <laughs> okay, we'll be back with more on The Garden Show.
3: Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, scythia and fox clubs, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums,
0: stalks, fox hollyhocks, tulips and sweetwilliams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Hey, welcome back to The Garden Show. I'm Dean Holland here in studio
2: at Zoomerplex with Charlie Dobbin. Mm -hmm. And uh, Charlie, I've got my... Brought my wife with me and yes. my youngest daughter, I know. Brell.
1: Welcome uh, um, to so so both of them. I
2: they would have a little time in Toronto, especially, you know, we maybe hit the, the malls or something on the way home.
1: Sounds like fun. You know,
2: they don't have big malls like that in Collingwood. <laughs> but um, a couple here. So during the break, while you were looking up vinegar, uh, I was uh, just chatting with my wife because uh, we have some flagstone uh, one part of our house, and it's uh, the bane of her existence that these weeds (laughs) Weeds. keep popping up. We didn't put the black cloth underneath, which may or may not have, you know, in the long run helped. But uh, she uh, she read on the Internet, I guess, a few years ago, it's a combination of vinegar and salt, Mm And And I think dish soap. And uh, so we spray that down. She does that a couple of years. And she has, I think we get the thumbs up, yeah. Yeah, it works. Yeah, she has
1: success. Right. So that is what they are saying on the web, that Mm -hmm. straight uh, vinegar is not as effective as vinegar and salt and soap. So just going here, I can And we try
2: and use a very natural soap. Uh, that is
1: Right, know, not right. detergent, no. but like an Ivory soap yep. or something. Or, or Dawn or something y- like that. Yeah, yep. exactly. So here it's saying a cup of table salt, mm. a tablespoon of liquid dishwashing soap, yeah. and blended in with a gallon of vinegar. Yeah. So that's what we do. And they're saying 5% vinegar in this particular recipe. Yeah, I'm telling you 10% 10. straight didn't make didn't budge no. these weeds could be partially the weeds remember younger weeds are always easier to kill right. smaller younger full sun certainly speeds up the death of the weed when you spray i mean yeah. i've i've had them shrivel up and turn yellow right before my very eyes right. when i've sprayed with herbicide that is vinegar because you yeah. can really smell it yeah, yeah so i'm just not you know i don't have that bottle to check the what's in that bottle but you know apparently it does work so don't give up i mean keep spraying you yeah. know that ultimately it's the vinegar kills the top of the plant right. so you will typically have to spray more than once because the root is still alive and more leaves will grow right so you've got to kill a couple times before the root will die
2: yeah. yeah for sure okay okay i think we do have some callers yeah, I'll on the line give you your yeah, yeah yeah there we are screen um, there. <laughs> we have got uh, oh we're going to Trudy in St. Catherine's or as I would call St. Kitts mm-hmm. how are you this morning Trudy
3: i'm doing very well and how about you guys we're
2: doing well Excellent. We're doing well yeah what do you got for uh, Charlie there
3: um, in the fall of 2019, I bought a wisteria plant, and I planted it, and that first summer, it did nothing. It sort of got leaves, didn't grow any taller, just sat there. Last year, it started to cl- climb over the arbor, mm-hmm. and then this year, it's all green and climbing over the arbor some more, but it hasn't gotten any flowers yet.
1: Have you ever pruned it in the whole time you've owned it?
3: No, the first year, it didn't need pruning, no. and it's just only just starting to go over the arbor, so I didn't really want to cut it back.
1: Okay, to get it to flower, you're going to have to cut it back. Um, oh. It's uh, left on its own. A couple things, just a couple of warnings about wisteria. Do not fertilize it. Make sure that when you're fertilizing the lawn or the gardens around it, you don't fertilize it. Wisteria can be an extremely brutal plant in the sense that it will take over your entire backyard, including the entire neighborhood. It's It really, it once it gets going, it really goes. So um, so be careful of that. Make sure whatever you've got it growing on, the arbor, whatever, is a very strong structure because this is a heavy plant. It lives for many, many years. Eventually, the, the trunk is like a tree trunk. So make sure it's a really strong, long-term structure. And um, the, the rules on pruning are uh, can be a little bit challenging to explain on the radio. So just do a quick Google of okay. pruning wisteria, and it's going to tell you you need to prune now. You're going to remove a whole bunch of green stuff now, but you're also going to do some more pruning in July or early August. And this is to encourage flowering. And okay. the other thing is wisteria... Typically, is a minimum of seven years before it'll flower. So, be patient. Oh, okay. okay. Oh, like super. <laughs> okay. okay. Well, yeah. Thanks for, the, Thank yeah thanks for the. Yeah. Thanks for the question there, Trudy. <laughs> Leave
2: it to Charlie Dobbin to take the mysteria out of wisteria. <laughs> oh
1: man! <laughs> I
2: came up with that one like just on the call.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're fast. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Sharp as a tack. Wow.
2: That's <laughs> yeah, like being at home. She hates great a, for my ego. <laughs> She's <hates laughs> a Frank.
1: <laughs> he was always really good. With always good.
2: <clears throat> well, that's our job, you know. Yes, so. <laughs> yes.
1: Keep me smiling, that's had, for sure.
2: Speaking of, um, I had a question about my clematis, which I transplanted in the back. Seemed very, very happy oh. where I've transplanted it. Oh, you did that this year? I did it last year. Oh, okay. And so now it just really seems very Swing. happy. So I have a question because mm-hmm. I have one of those... Uh, Trellises that sort of pokes in the ground yeah. and goes up X amount of feet. And now it's gone beyond that. <laughs> now, so my, and I do plan to put up a trellis against the wall, which right. will be spaced out. Yeah. So my question is this. I know that certain plants can be pot bound or they will only grow maybe as large as the the, the, uh, the pot or it'll limit how much yeah. they grow. Is a clematis like that or will it just keep going up and down if I don't provide more trellis? But
1: it's in the ground, right?
2: It's, not it's in it. the ground.
1: Okay. Do you have any idea what kind of cle- clematis no, it is? No, I don't. Because it, it was the there when per- we
2: bought the house. But it's flowered in it, the past. It has flowered. But it's been limited, which is why... Because I think it was in too sunny of a spot. Oh, too sunny. And so I I moved it from the front of the house to the back of the house. Okay. It seems to be happier now. But. So
1: the most traditional common clematis that people have is called Jack Manny, And it's purple. Yeah. It's a star-shaped flat flower. Right. Blooms in June-ish, june late June. Okay. So it's probably that... I think Gail's nodding. Yeah. I can see through the glass so she yeah. thinks it's Jack Manny so a very easy plant to grow okay here's the deal put this in your calendar every spring it's a bit late now but mm-hmm. next spring when the plants are starting to wake up so it might be March it might be April depending on the spring um, your clematis is all brown. Tangle of vines at yeah. that point. But you're visiting that plant through that early spring period, you're watching it. At some point, little buds are going to start to form on mm-hmm. the vines. They look, when they're the size of like a mouse ear, so they're okay. tiny little fuzzy buds. You're going to get out your chainsaw or pruners or whatever it is. You're going to cut the whole thing down really? to six inches tall. Oh my. You're going to take all that tangle of vines and you're going to throw that out in the compost. Even with
2: the little buds on there. Yep. Because yeah.
1: you're, the buds start at the bottom. So if you right. catch it at the right time, time, the, the energy is still there in the okay. plant, at the bottom of the plant, and you're going to throw away that whole top section. And this is true for not all clematis. These are the ones we... There's groups of clematis, right? So these are what we call the summer flowering group Yes, because they, they bloom in like June or July in the summer and they have those flat flowers. So if you do that, what will happen is every spring, you cut it all down, so every spring it's going to grow up, you're going to get a lot more green from the bottom, and you're going to get flowering from the bottom all oh. the way up to the top. Okay. Instead of just flowers up on the tips, which is what you're going to get this year, because that's where the flowers are going to gotcha. be. Gotcha. I can do that. Yeah. So, so, so don't worry about how big your trellis is, because every year you're going to cut it down. You're cut it down. Okay. And yeah, they they will grow 12, 15 feet a year. Okay. So give yeah. it. That I have to give it
0: some support. More yeah.
2: Okay. Great. Okay. Got to go to our next break, our last break, I guess. Uh, but we will be back with more right here on the Garden Show.
0: Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Oh, yes, we are back
2: here with The Garden Show. I'm Dean Holland here with Charlie Dobbin. And, uh, Charlie, we get to go back Back. to St. Catherine's. Garden City. Yes, Garden City, indeed. Yes, absolutely. We're going to talk to Lynn now. Welcome to The Garden Show, Lynn.
3: Thank you. Thank you. Um, Hmm. I have a question for Charlie Hmm. regarding my Globe boxwood. Mm-hmm. I have five along the um, side of my house. They've been there for 11 years, and this year they're covered with webs and green caterpillars.
1: Uh-huh.
3: Uh, I read up on about them on the web, mm-hmm. and um, I think I should take them out. Uh,
1: okay, so what did you learn when you looked them up on the web?
3: Well, I learned that, you know, this is qu- quite invasive. You have to Spray them uh, all over underneath uh, top leaves um, with um, a special spray. I think it was called BTK. Right. And um, I thought that sounded quite, um, sounds like a lot of
1: work. Um, awful. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Well, so what you have is an invasion of something called the box tree moth. Yes. So that's a very specific moth that it's right now not a moth because the moth is the adult form. What you're seeing right now are little caterpillars, which is the larval form of what will be a moth. And interesting you would even bring that up because right now some of us are also seeing a different caterpillar on our maple trees and our oak trees, which is what used to be called the gypsy moth, now renamed the spongy moth. So this is a caterpillar All of these caterpillars are foliage-eating larvae, so they're going to just chow down and defoliate boxwood, in in your case, maples and oaks in my case. And BTK is a bacteria in a bottle, very specific bacteria, doesn't hurt any animals or people, um, but we spray it on the leaves of plants that are being attacked by larvae or caterpillars, the insect Chews on the plant afterwards, ingesting that poison, that bacterial poison, which kills them in yeah, a day or two. It's not instant. It's very effective. It works really, really well. You have five bucks, what you said. I mean, They will be uh, weakened considerably. The plants will be weakened if they are defoliated by these insects, which it sounds like is happening right now. So you're right. If you're unwilling to spray, you might as well just take them out because this is not going to go away. This boxwood tree or box tree moth is an, an invasive insect that arrived and was first found in Etobicoke in 2018. So it's still a fairly new insect in Ontario, but it's not going anywhere.
3: Yeah, somebody came around last year asking about it, Mm -hmm. and um, I didn't have them last year, but now I have it, and Mm -hmm. my neighbor has it Mm -hmm. as well, so... um,
1: Yep. And that's the drag with some of these insects. Once we have them, we tend to have them. Like they will overwinter in your neighborhood and be right back next spring. So if you're not prepared to spray, because like I say, the spray does work. You just want to spray when it's not windy and, you know, when there's no rain in the forecast for at least 24 hours. It's very simple. It's a liquid in a bottle. You mix up. With water and spray. Um, and I have certainly done that at my house to control the spongy moth larva. And so anybody with boxwood with the problem either removes the boxwood or sprays.
3: Right. Just okay. you'd say, like as you said, you're going to have to do this every year now. Yep.
1: Yeah, I think okay. so. I don't okay. think they're going. Uh, yeah.
3: Would you recommend something to replace them? <laughs> um,
1: there's something I quite like. It's not that available. It's a form of holly, actually. So it's Ilex. I-l- Ilex, okay, yeah. yeah. That's I-L-E-X. A form of holly, right. That's right. So the common name is inkberry. The proper name is Ilex. And the one I planted is the cultivar compacta. I can't remember what the species name is, but either way, uh, Ilex compacta. Looks exactly like a boxwood, and those moths don't eat them. Oh, okay. Good luck Um, with that, England. Well, living in
3: St. Catharines, we have a
2: few great...
1: um, Oh, yeah, you do. You have great, great great nurseries. Get out there and get shopping.
2: Yeah, good, good luck <laughs> yeah. with that, Lynn. Yeah. Sorry, got to run. But Thanks, uh, Lynn. thank you so much for the call and good luck. And yeah. and what a uh, an appropriate way to end off the show with talking to somebody from the Garden City. I know. Don't yeah. you love that? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's it's great. like
1: Brampton has one of those. They're like Rose City or something. Rose. Okay. There, there was a, roses used to be grown in vast quantities right. uh, for the cut flower industry all through Brampton and Richmond Hill yep. and all up there. There's tons of greenhouses back before we were yeah. born.
2: I have uh, some friends in Holland, Michigan. LL A.N.D. Yes. And uh, they have a big tulip festival, of course, up there. They have millions and millions of tulips that I apparently were brought in, of, of course, course, from Holland. Uh, of course. There Why not? Are.
1: Okay. <laughs> hey, uh, what? Uh, so happy shopping. Thank you. You and the gals yeah. uh, get out there and, yeah. you know, spend some money, work <laughs> yeah. on the economy.
2: You got we are going to be here, though, for a while because of doors open in Toronto. Right. We've I got hope. lots of people getting ready to come through the building.
1: We hope so. So we'll be happy yeah. to see. And you're going to want to check out the television museum, which is amazing.
2: Yes. I haven't been in there yet, so uh, I'm looking
1: forward to that. I have. And um, we'll be back next week, of course, doing yes. the Garden Show, not live. Well, we will be live, yeah. but we'll be in our respective home studios. We will. So. so thank you, everybody. Thanks. Great to see you Thanks. live in person, yeah. Dean. And I see the sun is coming out more than the
2: drive down here. So it's it's becoming a sunny day.
1: Thank you, Carlos. Thanks to all our great callers. Keep it coming. See you again next week.
0: This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads.